0: Is investment something that's always been on your mind, but you don't quite know how to get started on that journey? We are here to set you on the right course. Welcome to My Cash Flow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette-Cornier. We are all about getting out of the rat race through creating positive passive income through real estate investing. Here you'll hear from regular people just like you and the professionals who support us towards greater wealth. Learn before you earn. Move from analysis to action and find the right path to attaining the success that you've always dreamed of for yourself. Now, here's your host, Athena.
1: everyone to um, Investor's Corner and this is our newest episode and today we're going to my name is Athena Paquette-Cormier. I'm your host and um, we are going to be talking today about multifamilies. So before I get started I just wanted to remind you that uh, we're never selling anything in particular. This is an educational uh, series and if you do want to invest the information on how to find out more about the investment uh, will be at the end how to contact the um, Anthony Scott. Like to call them <laughs> so, um, and also most of these investments and this first one in particular, um, we want to say that it's for in- accredited investors only. So, an accredited investor, and you want to check with your CPA and all your your uh, your good advisors to get clarity on what your situation is. But the kind of general rules is that to be qualified or identified as an accredited investor, you have to make at least two hundred thousand as an individual, three hundred thousand as a couple or, uh, have a million dollars in assets that are outside the equity in your principal residence. So everything other than your home, which I know is a bummer because a lot of us have a lot of equity in our homes, but to be a true investor, it should not be the roof over your head. Right. So, um, so I think that's where they got that from. And then there are rules for specialized industries that have a lot of, um, Um, experience in investing, such as financial advisors. So if you want to find out more about whether you qualify, uh, contact your experts in your life who will let you know if you qualify or not. So, tonight we have Anthony Nanula and Anthony Cheng, both from Sinatra and Company, and they're going to be describing uh, an, um, an opportunity or their strategy uh, to build multifamily value add properties, and they bu- they're building out a portfolio. So, they're going to talk ab- about that, and I'm excited because I don't have $40 million sitting in the bank. So, <laughs> if I want to participate in something super cool like this and feel like, wow, I'm making a difference... I would have to join this or take a very long time to build up my assets in one day, which I think by the time that day comes, I might be pooped out and not want to do it. So since I want to do it now, I am super excited to hear about um, their opportunity that they have. And then also in the very uh, end or the second half, uh, Sinatra and company also has uh, a note fund or a note opportunity. So Anthony Chang is going to talk to us mostly about that. So, that being said, thank you gentlemen for joining me and uh, bringing these opportunities to us. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm very blessed to have met you at Freedom Fest because I don't know how else I would have met you. So shout out to uh, the Scousins and Freedom Fest for bringing opportunities to us uh, us investors um, who follow them. So welcome. And why don't you just kind of expl- uh, you know, introduce yourselves and tell us what is Sinatra and Company? It sounds fascinating.
2: Great. Well, I can kick things off. I'm Anthony Nanula, and I am the chief investment officer of Sinatra and Company. And I'm also, uh, on behalf of my family, one of the largest investors in the company. Um, we've been, uh, as a family, involved with Sinatra and Company since 2012. So it's been a 10-year partnership. Uh, and the company is 13 years old. So we've been there almost since the beginning. And Anthony Cheng is an advisor to the company and is also an investor of ours and, um, and works with, very closely with us in a number of uh, capacities, including uh, when we acquire an apartment community. So um, in a nutshell, our, our company principally uh, owns and operates what we call garden style apartment communities. So there's a picture of one behind Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, he's far more technologically advanced than I, I am, have a, a hotel room I'm sitting in in Tampa.
1: Yeah. Lovely. He
2: is. <laughs> uh, so, um, in fact, I'm, I took me 20 minutes just to get on the wifi here. Um,
1: well, thanks for anyway, doing that. Uh, that's a lot of effort. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> so, so, um, uh, we, I'm, we're actually, I'm in Tampa currently. We're buying our third apartment community here. And, um, that's. That, the picture behind Anthony is actually um, a picture of the apartment community. It's a 218 unit, what we call garden style apartment community. Um, it's a two-story two buildings um, with- So the units where rooms.
1: people live, like, the apartment is a two-story apartment
2: or? No, they're not, they're not walk-ups. They're, they're flat, okay. okay. They're flats, um, but they're not, it's not a mid-rise or a high-rise, right? It's right, kind of like- okay. Is that design. why you
1: call it garden?
2: We do, and, and typically they have common areas. They have, they have either an, oftentimes a clubhouse or they have a, um, uh, an area where, where you can congregate, you can work out, et cetera. And there's other common area features in this particular project or property. There's three pools. And um, so, and they're clustered to kind of create this community environment, right? And, and these units typically have staff on site. So they have a property manager and they have leasing people and they have maintenance people. So um, we own and operate approximately 6,000.
1: Muted for some reason.
2: Hey, Anthony, you got accidentally muted. Muted? I don't know how I there muted you I'm just literally There you go. There you go. Literally You're back. sitting here away from the computer. <laughs> okay, so we can hear you, so that's like fine. Um, so... We I was just jumping into some have- photos and uh, you can walk them through it. Yeah, that'd be great. So, the, so the, this is the offering here. The, the apartment community is called New River. Um, and I was starting to talk a little bit about our company. Do you have a slide about the company, Anthony? Absolutely. So, we're based in Buffalo, New York, um, but we operate uh, apartment communities in New York, Florida um, tax, we, we just are selling our last apartment community in Dallas, Indiana, Illinois. And, uh, and we also have business in Pennsylvania. So we're, we are, uh, we're a lot of different
1: company. metros to be in, right?
2: It is. I mean, we're, we're like a lot of companies We're we're exiting, uh, States like New York, blue States, and we're growing in States like Florida, red States. Mm, right. Um, but, uh, as I was mentioning, if, if we have 5,800-plus multifamily units. <clears throat> um, we've been in business for 13 years. So we, we have a, an a incredible
1: lot of, amount of units, even for 13 years, right, to build up that kind of portfolio that quickly.
2: It, it is. And, and there's, you know, there's over $600 million of assets under management in the company. There's, wow. there, there's $200 million of equity in the business of which – about 80 million of that is, is my family's and Sinatra, Nick Sinatra's, the principal. Mm. So the, these are a, kind of a sampling of some of the communities we own. Um, and, they're, and they're largely um, garden-style multifamily apartment communities, right? They're, they're oh, what yeah, I they yeah,
3: they kind of, of look similar. Mm-hmm.
2: And if you look at Tampa, we bought two apartment communities in Tampa last year. Um, Fernwood and Flats and the Flats. So we are in this market now. We've actually opened a regional office here. We've hired our director of uh, training for the entire company. She's based in Tampa. We'll be hiring a regional manager here and our next property accountant will be based in Tampa. So we are committed to this market and we've operated in the market now for a year with these assets. So we're We've already got infrastructure in place for this additional acquisition. That's as an op, as an operator led business, which we are. We own and we operate these units. We do the property management and leasing, and we also do the construction. It's important to have infrastructure in a market. So, right. So um, you have
1: boots on the ground. Who's your team in Tampa then? Since that's what we're focusing on today.
2: Do you have oh, a management as I, as team? I mentioned. Mm-hmm. We we have currently two property managers here, and we and we're going to be hiring a regional manager. And, and you oversee we see them
1: and the workers, like the trades people and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, well, our construction division. Oh. And, and you can see we you know we we have we've developed over two hundred million dollars of real estate as well, and we have a development arm in the company, mm. and, and we also are developing real estate, but we're doing that entirely for our own portfolio
1: separately. Right. Right. Okay.
2: So we don't raise capital, per se, for those projects, but, um, but we have a development arm. So that arm of our company oversees renovation work that's done in the units. Mm-hmm. And th- this is kind of a, a, another way of looking at our business. If you look at the column on the left, this is the company that owns all the real estate.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: there's $600 million in Sinopter and Company real estate, of which I'm the chief investment officer over of. Then Sinatra Development, the silo in the middle, is our company, the company that goes in and supervises all the on-site construction for these projects. Like we'll do approximately $3 million of capital improvements to New River, the property we're buying and we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Sinatra Development will handle that. Sinatra Management Company handles the property management and leasing of the property. So, so the day we close, on this new river asset all the associates that property become employees of our company sinatra and company management scm now athena there are a lot of companies in our space that don't do that they just organize the capital and then they hire property management companies and they hire construction managers Mm -hmm. we do it all in-house and we believe that gives us what we call and operate we're we're an operator led business and in our view, that gives us an edge in really producing returns for our investors and our own money. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So, um, as mentioned, we bought these two properties last year, the best way to understand, um, new river, the property we're buying is to look at the success we've had in, um, the other two properties we bought. Right. Um, in the last year we've taken rents up nearly forty percent to fifty percent Wow um, Tampa is one of the hottest markets in the country um, we, had to re- we had to raise rents upwards of thirty to forty percent just to get vacancies in the units so we could do our capital improvements yeah um, and, and we- so
1: this is this is what you're in the affordable housing space even though you, you might not have thought you. Were, are,
2: that's a good, that's a good question that, we're, you know, we're called,
1: yeah how, where do you sit in the like what's a house renting for versus the apartments and all that
2: well we're we're in what we call workforce, the workforce apartment space mm-hmm. right so our average units um, in this market that, that we're buying are renting for a dollar fifty a foot so you know if you're renting a thousand square foot unit you're paying you know fifteen hundred dollars or so a mm-hmm. month um, and, and we're bringing them up to two, to two fifty of square foot. Right. Um, now that is, it's high, but it's affordable relative to other um, other segments of the market. Right. I mean, if you, one of the, th- one of the ways we measure our business and which would, is why we're so focused on it as a, as a family and a company, if we were to go and buy the, buy the land and develop this from ground up, we're buying these units for approximately $200,000 a unit. They would cost upwards of $500,000 a unit. Hmm. So we're buying these for less than rep- half the re- replacement costs, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's right. if you can even get the land and get the permits and find the contractors these days, mm-hmm. right? There's an incredible shortage of housing throughout America, but yeah. certainly in growing markets like Tampa, 40,000 jobs were created in Tampa last year alone.
1: Are those. Um- Employers moving in, new corporations moving into Tampa to to get workforce. I mean, because that's companies are having problems. Right. So they're moving to areas where it's affordable so they can attract the employees that they need.
2: You know, Anthony, you could speak to this, but I I think there's a convergence of of drivers right now in Florida, um, including this phenomenon that happened during COVID. Right. Where Mm -hmm. you just I lived in Southern California for 10 years. I lived in San Diego and and I know people think I'm crazy that I moved back to Buffalo, but most of the people I know who lived in San Diego are now living in Florida. Um, right. there, there's a national migration out of states like California and mm-hmm. New York into places like Nevada and in and, and, um, and Arizona and Texas and Florida, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, and, and it's both, it's both, individuals and its companies right Mm -hmm. um that said i mean tampa is becoming one of the most dynamic economies in the country right now for you know a variety of reasons i don't know if you want to add anything to that anthony
4: yeah just just to give everyone a little bit about my background is i was actually doing real estate development myself for over 20 years (laughs) and uh i'm based here in los angeles um across town from Athena and uh, honestly the numbers here in california just don't make sense anymore you can buy for an, an investor apartment you mean for an investor right so for example out here in the pasadena area i'm looking at 500,000 to 600,000 per apartment unit whereas in tampa i can buy that for 200,000 and my rents are not too far off from each other right. so it, the numbers in california the values have just grown too high so even for myself, uh, over the last few years and the pandemic really kicked it in, it's like I've decided I'm not gonna do any more building, I'm not gonna do any more developing here. I would rather work for Sinatra and actually invest in these high growth markets where they have a whole team to execute. And mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why my family and myself, we've personally invested in four of different four Sinatra projects, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the Tampa ones. And the Tampa ones, one of the main things why I was so drawn to it is just this job growth. And you ask where it's coming from. And the typical model we see is that a lot of folks from the Midwest, the Northeast, even the West, they'll go to Florida. They'll see it's really nice. They buy a second home. They vacation there. Eventually, company owners will say, hey, I should just live there permanently there's no state income tax, right. and I'm able to find employees. So they wind up moving the whole company there. They start off with just a satellite, then eventually the headquarters are there. So that's right. driving quite a bit of growth. In this particular submarket where New River is, we have a big hospital system. Uh, the hospital itself is about 3,500 employees, but up and down that street are all medical offices affiliated with the hospital. That's oh, right. literally a mile from the site. And then on the other side, just a couple of miles, is the West Shore Business District. That is mid-rise after mid-rise after mid-rise. Like every large company is moving into that area. It's close to the airport, close to entertainment, close to housing, but there's still- And if you drill down on what
1: kind of um, companies- briefly i mean i i i read or heard you know a lot of financial companies from the east coast like new york and you know right. the kind of financial centers are like migrating down i was wondering
4: if that's a, it or a ton of insurance uh, okay. that was that was the first move down and now banks they're moving regional right. headquarters here and uh beyond that now you also have tech companies coming in Uh, Just within Florida itself, right, you have Disney now making a big move to Orlando uh, for tax reasons and for other reasons. So there's just a tremendous amount of growth in this Tampa-Orlando corridor and actually all of South Florida. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Yeah, just to give you a little bit more demographics, if you take a look here, our site is right on the river. And so you can see all of these apartments face the river it's phenomenal for these guys uh, that are living there the other two properties we bought are a little further off this way but uh-huh. just in the immediate area you have the medical center literally in a, a mile away you have the west shore business district just a little further away you mm-hmm. get tons of shopping in the area uh, big chain stores and then if you kind of look the other direction you'll see just down the river is downtown tampa so you have folks living in this area that commute over there. It's about 15 minutes away. And then the ocean is right above. That's a piece of cake,
1: 15-minute drive to get to work.
2: Yeah. Compared to L.A., compared to L.A. Not, I'm not jealous. You, right? all, you also are near the airport and you're near the Tampa, Tampa Bay Stadium. In fact, this Hillsboro River, that's the river where um, Tom Brady was on when he was, when he was drunk after the Super Bowl. And he threw the... He threw the uh, the trophy, the Lombardi trophy to the other boat. It was right around the bend from our property, actually.
3: Yeah, so I didn't hear the about it.
2: But... Right <laughs> you know? So um that's the famous it's, it's river that okay. It's an ex- it's an excellent location geographically in terms of what it's near and it can and it's ser- serviced by, but also the fact it's on the river. I'm so and, curious you know, often, what
1: those apartments are gonna go for, the ones on the river.
2: Well, Athena, what we found in this business is that most of the properties we buy are under managed, right? They're, they're largely owned by absentee owners. They're financial owners. They're not operator led owners. And they just don't, you know, they don't focus on the asset the way we do as an operator. Right. Right. Um, Well, you also as
1: a distant owner, unfortunately, and especially if it's a corporation or multi owner you lose sight of how fast the rents are going up, how much the values, you know, you you lose sight because you're not in the market, but I I really kudos to you for being operators because then your boots on the ground are going, seems impossible, but we have a 40% increase and it's not city of Los Angeles. So you can do what you want, right? If the value's there and someone in the market's willing to pay, you're allowed to charge it, right?
2: Yes, you are. And and an example of these units on the river, there's no, There's no premiums in the rents. They're renting for the same money as the ones on the other side of the street, you know? So we, we think there's an immediate opportunity to get substantial rent bumps, just, just organically without putting any money on the asset. The other thing is we probably are going to, we probably are going to add two to three units um, on top of the office right now, because it's literally a bar from like the seventies that was up there and it was just never renovated. So we're going to add, if you add three units to this, this property, you're going to generate another nearly million dollars of value to it, right? In uh-huh. addition to the cash flow, the right. free cash flow from the rents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in those, again, are the little things. When, you, when you're successful operating a, a business or a real estate asset, it's always a 100 little things you do right. that add up. Value add is not
1: one little thing. There's the obvious ones, but you've identified all kinds of little ways you can do value add improvements to, to great, get greater returns, right?
2: Yep, yeah. and, and we've been doing it for...
3: <laughs>
4: Are you hearing stuttering, Anthony? Yeah. Hey, Anthony, I think you're... Uh the internet connection yeah i think what anthony was uh mentioning is they've been been doing this for a number of years and uh i like to call it the the sinatra toolbox and so uh, this oh i muted him because i thought it was too much okay a little static yeah i think he's he's
2: back but i heard that he's back
1: go ahead and unmute yourself anthony sorry it was uh
2: I apologize. I'm just literally sitting here, but yes. I, I yeah, no, know it's OK. On. I
1: just thought Anthony could guess what you were saying till yeah. it came back. So I muted you, but you're back. So go ahead. Uh, so you, awesome. Anthony,
4: keep going. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, it's what they kind of call the Sinatra toolbox of rent bumps. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not kind of like the nicest way to put it, but literally they go through and they see how can I monetize every single little thing? including mm-hmm. the next parking spot closer to the building is $5 more. Mm-hmm. But every dollar is going to make a difference. We're mm-hmm. going to now charge extra for the units that have balconies versus the ones that without, which right. makes sense. Hotels will do it that. It does. Right. So why not do it for the apartments? Uh you know, there's ones where you have covered parking versus open parking versus a garage. They obviously should be different prices.
1: Definitely. If you have a private garage with walls around your car, yeah. people yeah, people will pay more for that cuz they have cars they want to protect,
4: yep. right? But but there's a lot of operators that don't do that. Right. And that comes with the experience that because they've been operating for so long, maximizing net operating income.
1: And I think by improving that uh 1970s bar that's an office or whatever, I think by upgrading that, you also make it I don't know who lives around this Bar, but um, or office. It's
2: dormant. It's not even open. It's just a. It was like an old. It's just I don't know what it was. I guess it has a lot of folklore. I guess Bert Reynolds used to go there or something all the time, right? He owned a house near there or something. Okay. But it's dead space. It's just dead dormant space.
1: But people feel that. So when you improve something that looks sad or or looks dated and like a museum. You're improving everybody around it, right? So it's also for right. the tenants to feel more like you care, right? Yep. But it, it is odd to see an old something in a new complex. So yeah.
2: When- and, and to that point, by the way, a, a lot of you know a lot of what helps us bump rents and get renewals at higher rents is that the tenants know that the property is being well run, right? that the staff is attentive, that work orders are getting done quickly, um, that, you know, if there's an issue with a unit, that there's a response, there's responsiveness. I mean, you know, we call it in our family an owner's mentality, right? We like to breed a workforce that has an owner's mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and that, that it's, it starts at the top. And, and, um, and, and when you, when you're your, when you yourself are operators, and you're engaged and, and you're, you're attending to the customer that way, it, it, it kind of permeates into your people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, yeah, it's
1: like a culture or a philosophy. Right. And so if you're clear right. about that, then they know that's what they should um, adhere to or, or take on as their philosophy. If they work for you. Right.
2: That's right.
3: Mm.
2: So here's some photos. I mean, one of the things about the units, they don't, necessarily photograph well but they're they're all basically concrete construction cinder block well that's good for florida
1: i like that yep
2: (laughs) and concrete ceilings i mean these things are fortresses right i mean they're not going anywhere in a hurricane not that this is an area that gets hurricanes a lot but they're they're Uh, in miami
1: and pompano beach so believe me every you know hurricane season i'm like this you know so i like that
2: so, we've kind of gone through the demographics, right? I mean, again, oh, the, these so are,
3: okay.
2: Oh, if you want to go back mm-hmm. to that. We, yeah, but,
1: what's the, okay, so the houses go for 376 approximately?
2: Yep. You want to run us through this slide, um, Anthony? It's
4: yeah, so, you know, if you kind of look at the median house value, I honestly think these numbers are a little bit older. I think these are from- yeah. yeah, a year ago. And these numbers have jumped significantly on the median house value. Uh, population has also gone up and, uh, and medium household income has, all, has gone up all, all in the last year, um, similar to pretty much across the country and all the major cities. But primarily in this particular pocket of Tampa, uh, because this is all within three miles, uh, there's just been a lot of growth. And- well,
1: that's the data I love because I want to know my competition, right? So if houses are too cheap, why would they rent from me if they could go buy, right? I mean, a certain percentage of people have to rent or you know whatever. Right. But, but I think those are good stats, because you know, especially with rates having gone up, That's you right. know, buying a $400,000 home is going to be 22, 2,500 $2, a month, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So your rent looks more attractive now, right? Yep. Which pulls you up.
4: And that's why we're focused on this workforce housing bracket, mm-hmm. where we're looking at the $1,000 to $2,000 rent, rent uh, level. And that's, that's the part of the market for multifamily that pretty much always has demand. Uh, when single-family homes drop out and there's a real crash there, all those potential buyers come back to rent. And where are they renting in that $1,000 to $2,000 level to try to save money to buy the homes when the market is ready Mm -hmm. for them.
1: But also if you look at your median household income, that's not enough to buy the $400,000 home. So that's your, that's your, also your indicator of of your demand, right? Well, and the fact
2: you've got 43% of the population in rented, rented units. I mean, you know, it's a very, we, we, in every one of our markets, we have a very substantial addressable market because, we're 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 in we're in the lower end of the rent spectrum. Right. Mm, right. So, yep. um, but at the same
4: time, well, we're in desirable markets. Uh, we like the fact that Whole Foods is close by Nordstrom is close by. It's, it's not an area that right. is just all Dollar Tree and cash right. you know, check cashing. Yeah. They so, kind of did the homework for you. Right. That's right. That's right. And so we j- let's jump through these because we talked about these already and just talk yep. a little bit about the, the plan itself, Anthony.
2: So in this, by the way, is very similar to um, the, the last two properties we bought. So the opportunity today is to invest in the common equity. So if you look at the total equity of 10 million, six, 633, that's where we're offering uh, currently offering to investors. We may have some preferred equity uh, uh, available to investors. If you look up at, at six, the six million of JV pref equity, the difference is in the preferred equity, you're capped at a twelve percent return. So you you are senior to the common equity, but the most you can make on your investment is twelve percent with a, about a five percent current pay dividend. In the common equity, you have unlimited upside return, right? So. Um, If, if you look at uh, the, the overall sources um, we're, we're paying um, 40, we're paying 41.7, I'm sorry. If you go to the uses, we're paying 41.7 million for the property. Um, But we've got quite a few, quite a substantial amount of reserves, including we have a construction reserve. That's actually in our, if you look in the new debt of 31.4 million on the left, we're actually borrowing $34 in and change. So we're, we're able to draw down on our acquisition loan as we do the CapEx, right? Okay. So, so we won't be paying for the CapEx capital until we draw it, which is nice. Um, and, um, but that said, we also have an interest reserve and um, we have a reserve to pay the, um, to pay the prep dividend and our working capital reserve. So, you know, we, we've we got about six million dollars in reserves, basically, when we close. So we've got Which a lot good, of good because this
1: is capital intensive, right? I mean, you are buying a property that I'm assuming you're going to try and uh, get some vacancies to rehab and re- raise yes. the rents right away. And Correct. you have a plan like. I don't like to blow out my whole building. I kind of want to do it, in, you know, a stages. Yep. So I'm, I'm not rocking the boat on the income too much. So. Yep. So if you look do? at,
2: if you look at the second bullet point, Athena, mm-hmm. we, we have, when we go into these properties, we have a very detailed plan to do unit level and property level renovations. So, you know, the nice thing about this property is it's in pretty good shape in terms of the overall uh, structure in the common area. So, the overwhelming majority of our capital is going to go into unit upgrades. And that's usually where you can get the most bang for your buck on return on investment. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to do, we're going to do 137 of the 218 units we're going to touch in some way.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And, and we're looking so at rehab necessarily, but some will just be small upgrades. Yeah, some
2: You're might right. be, you know, we we've looked at some units that were already rehab, but in those units, we might do cabinets and, and um, bathrooms, but they've already got upgraded flooring and countertops, right? Okay. There's actually LVT, you know, that, that laminated vinyl tile throughout most of the units, right? Oh. So, um, so you know, the the, unit, the bones of the units are in are, the properties pretty strong. Um, and and we, we like that because, you know, when we can spend more money at unit level upgrades, we get, more of an immediate bang for the buck that you don't get a big bang for the buck by replacing roofs. Right. All right. Well, that's bad, but the parking lots well, are in pretty good shape. So, you know, we're looking at a 300 a month rental premium. That That's a, a, probably a 25% return on investment for us. Right. Wow. Um, so if you're spending 10,000 a unit, right. It, it's, it's, that's 3,000 a month or three thirty six hundred a year for a 10 to $15,000 investment, which is phenomenal. Um, and and that's one of the things that um, I, makes us so comfortable about this acquisition. If you look at where our rents are today in this unit, it's where they were when a year ago when we bought flats in Fernwood. Mm. And we got we got rent bumps for as much as I mentioned before, thirty percent, without even doing any unit level upgrades. Mm. So we we really work to be conservative in our underwriting of these assets. We'd rather we'd rather um, under budget and outperform. That, that's our motto as a company.
1: Yeah. So just for some clarity, so the average rent right now is at like 8, 11, and I'm going by my memory from a month ago, but mm-hmm. is it like 11 something and you think you're going to get to an average of 15, 16, or 17? Is that what yep. I'm...
4: That's pretty exactly. much it. Okay. Great memory. <laughs> well,
1: 1185. Am I close? My, and, and my...
2: You know, if you go to the last, just stay here for one minute. Yeah. So if the, la- the real quick and dirty on this is we're buying them for $41.7 million, and we're looking to exit for $60.7 million. So we're paying $191,000 a unit for closing costs and CapEx reserve, and we're looking to sell them for $278,000. That's, in our view, fully achievable. Our units, the current units we own are probably worth upwards of you know $250,000 today mm-hmm. a unit that we bought for $156,000 a year ago.
1: And these have waterfront. I mean, these are probably. This is a much better
2: location. Right. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Okay, The the waterfront. Submarket, though, by the way, we're going to have 500 units in the submarket. Our other two properties are within two miles of this property.
1: Right. So that gives you efficiencies. One of my concern about, um, especially over the last couple of years for investors is, you know, finding the workers to do rehab. And I think that's where probably you skirt right around uh those problems right because you have your own team well, and they're the, yes so they're we, not working we actually, elsewhere you're not poaching someone else's team you're actually you got your own team
2: well we have our own supervision but we partner with a company oh. that has, has renovated several thousand of our units they their entire business is going in and doing renovation work for apartment communities and hotels Okay. And what they do is they actually mobilize their own workforce and oh, they have okay. them live on site and they, um, they can they can turn a unit in like four days when it's vacant. Right. That's awesome. Oh, so they're already the cost renovating. Is probably,
1: do you re, pre-negotiate like they they yeah. they're pretty skinny on their on their overhead to attract your business? Probably Look,
2: like. they're, they're, they're competitive on cost, but ter, the speed in which you can turn over a unit is critical. Right. So if you're getting a unit turned over when you turn over a renter, so if, if, if that renter leaves and we can turn that unit within seven days and re rent it, we've captured a lot. We haven't lost that income. Right. right. So um, so they're, they're actually currently in a multi million dollar CapEx plan for us at Flats and Fernwood. So the nice thing for us here is that they're already mobilized and they're going to be able to immediately attack this project.
3: Mm. Amazing. We what's, couldn't
2: what's... say it a year ago when we bought flats in Fernwood. Honestly, we, our CapEx plan was delayed in part because we couldn't get vacancies and in part because we had to get enough vacancies to get them to underwrite getting mobilized and getting to the site.
4: Mm. Yeah, they won't come for just to do one or two units. We need to have maybe seven to 14 units at a time. Right. That they can then deploy a whole team and be able to have the economies of scale that they're going to house their team on trailers, on site, and then they're just going to keep working through all these units. So we yeah. have to have that flow that comes That's through. That's amazing. So,
1: do they park these mobile homes in the parking lot, or where do these people live? They're, well, they, on-
2: they usually, home? what they'll usually do is they'll stay in the units as, as they're vacant and They're like animals. moving
1: around. Yeah. yeah.
2: But they do deliver container loads full of materials, and they own their own cabinetry mills. So they, they Remember make, their fantastic. Own I mean, they're, they're a hundred million dollar a year business, this company. And, um, and we've been working with them for probably, I don't know, six years.
1: Yeah. So it's a long, you didn't just meet them on the street. So it's big. You, you, you have a good, we have a long track established. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep.
2: And I'm not telling anybody their name because they're part of our secret sauce. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: Got it. Secret sauce. <laughs> that's right.
3: So your mention, exit
1: strategy is like you know we some of these people that present to us they 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 have a seven year exit strategy and their IRR is like hopefully nine it's like okay I, uh, you no. know so <laughs> so you guys have it pretty tight I mean obviously you could keep going right um, but you yeah
2: the, the we underwrote this the, the the overall internal rate of return is about sixteen percent annualized. Um, there may be a small dividend out of this deal. We usually do have yield, current yield, and we pay monthly. But with the rate spike, it really ate up the current yield. Right, right. That and us wanting to really bring the occupancy down to accelerate the rehab. So that said, on Flats and Fernwood, we've built so much value in that property in the last year that we're likely going to refinance it and push back most of the equity to the investors if not all of it, it still just own the property, right? So that's your I was gonna ask you if maybe
1: one of the uh, exit. I, that's what I was going to ask you: is it, would you be willing to get? Because people will like getting the cash flow. So would you be willing to, you know, refinance, take the cash out, pay because interest rates are higher, but it still may pencil out,
2: you know? To well, uh, we're, we look in our money. We're writing the first several million dollars of the equity in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can all take a, all or a, submit, a substantial amount of our equity out and, and still own the asset together, that's, that's, it drives your internal rate to return through the roof. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, right. And we also do in those deals, in those kind of situations we'll do quarterly or biannual redemptions for people. So let's say okay. we did a refi, and you got 75% of your money back and, you know, six months from then we say, Hey, How'd you like to make uh, one and a half times your money? We're underwritten to make one and a half times your money in three years. So what if we said to you two years from now, how'd you like to get that now, mm-hmm. right? Just get out, right? You can just take your yield now mm-hmm. um, or your return now. So either, either you can stay in the deal with us or we'll, we'll have periodic liquidation opportunities for investors.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, but we think it's more than likely going to be, we're going to refinance it and hold it because we really want to grow in this market. We mm-hmm. bought two similar communities in Dallas. We bought one in 18 and one in 19, and we sold both of them beyond our exit prices inside of well inside of five years. Sure. Right. Cause we got crazy prices on the exits, but we decided to exit that market and really put our focus into this Tampa, uh, Orlando, St. Pete market.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We think it's a, we think it's a market. We can be more successful in as a company.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is amazing. Yeah. So, and you're still shifting old, um, well, your current, um, assets, you're still doing that process of selling your old assets and moving them to new.
2: We're selling, we're selling $200 million of assets in New York state this year. Okay. Wow. We're we're cutting our portfolio in New York by two thirds and, and we're freeing that capital to do more, uh, not only in Tampa and South Florida, but we like what we call the SEC states. So okay, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and with us having a regional office in Tampa, you're only an hour away flight from those yeah, markets.
3: You're very
1: close to those markets. Yeah. So I had a question about. Um, so this is this a fund or because this is not no, a fund? I think we it, talked about it's this. It's a direct
2: investment sure. opportunity, Athena. So, when you invest with us, we do, we're going to pivot to the notes fund. But when you invest in an apartment offering with us, you are invested in this particular property. You're an owner with us in this property.
1: In this particular property, no other property. Yep. This is standalone. Yep. And so, yep. is this uh, like a tick? Is it a tenants in common? Is it uh,
2: yep. you a. Own, you own Dominique? Own, like, own ownership, I guess. We we're all invested in the same unit, so our family money and Anthony's family money and your money are all in the same common unit of an LLC.
1: Okay, so an LLC. So does that mean? Um, so we'll get a K one. We're going to uh, participate in like depreciate. I mean, everything's going to. You, you down. do,
2: in fact, on the depreciation. <laughs> this is underwritten. We do we do cost segregation studies and we accelerate depreciation. So we're estimating a thirty. If you put in hundred thousand dollars in this investment, you'll get a thirty to forty thousand dollar K one loss in year mm-hmm. one, which for a lot of our investors is really valuable.
1: It is. It is okay. So we don't need to talk about preferred returns and waterfalls, I guess. Um, so well, you did. You did say that we do have preferred
2: uh, equity in the, in the deal that's capped at twelve. And we, we're real heroes in Flats and Fernwood right now because. You know we're gonna we're gonna re, we'll refinance that property next year, and we'll pay off that preferred equity at twelve percent, right? I mean mm-hmm. we're all the common is going to make probably thirty percent IRR on that mm-hmm. deal, right? So, but that's know, the if, risk
1: an investor has to evaluate. Do I want to be in, on the preferred? Should be a little more conservative, or am I willing right. to take the risk with the gang? Right?
2: Correct. And we may open up the preferred to investors as well. But our, our view of it is we could raise all $16 million or so in common, but it would reduce the return to closer to 12%. And it's not a big overhang. At, 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 four, at 5 or $6 million of 16, it's not like we're bringing in... There, there are people like us who are bringing in $10 million of preferred and putting in $6 million in common, right? Mm. So there's a big overhang, what I call an overhang there. We, we're, this overhang is manageable for us, right? And um, and honestly, if there was ever a problem with the asset, we have the balance sheet that we would just redeem out the preferred ourselves. Mm. Right? I mean, right? We're never going to let an asset go because you know a preferred investor wasn't meeting a return hurdle. Hmm. Right. But it is a risk, and and to your point, it's something investors have to understand.
1: right. Right. Very cool. So if someone wants to find out more. Um, probably emailing use best or is there a, yep. is there a, okay. Cause Sinatra and company has a thing, but it might be harder to find this on there.
2: Well, my email is on this slide. I don't know what you share with folks, but
1: yeah, um, I would say for people to probably reach out to you. So yep. a Nanula at That's Sinatra and company.com. Exactly. I like that Sinatra and company has a long history in in building you know building a portfolio so I think that's good. Um I like that you're rehabbing your hold hold period's a little short, but it sounds like you might refinance anyway because you know.
2: Well, the IRRs in the mid teens we had to we had to underwrite a shorter hold period because we built so much value in the asset. Yeah. You know I again I, I believe there, there'll be opportunities for investors to get their cash back. And, and hold the asset with us. That's the nice mm-hmm. thing about investing with us. We're not a private equity firm. We don't have a mandate where we have to sell assets.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We, my grandkids could own these assets, right? I mean, right. great cash flowing, wealth appreciating assets.
3: Mm-hmm. They or you could be out Do they, they have jobs. an
2: IRA? <laughs> IRAs can invest in these too. Yes. I mean, yep. we take in a lot of self directed money. This is money. perfect. Yep. yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So you want to
2: pivot quick to the notes fund?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about the notes fund, which is completely different. So wash your brains.
2: <laughs> you know, the, so the notes fund really simply stated, if you go to the, say on this page, it thanks Anthony. So it's a $20 million fund. What's really nice for investors about this product is it pays a 10% return mm-hmm. from the day you invest and we pay it monthly, right? So if you put $100,000 in this product, you're making $833 31 days later, right? Um, It's a five year whole period, but it has what I call periodic redemption features. Twice a year you can get out of the fund, but also if you have a death, divorce, other life impacting events, we as a sponsor can redeem you out. But more importantly, we structure the fund that once it's raised, it's closed. Mm-hmm. And if we redeem out an investor, we can't resell that unit and that investor can't reinvest. So we believe there'll be investors who are going to want to get into the fund. When, so when investors want to get out, there'll be some redemption features where we can approve a sale to an investor.
1: So what happens if someone needs to get out before the five years? Do they, is it like a CD you give up the interest or partial
3: interest no.
2: or. You know, no? You're always priced at par. So if, if you invest hundred thousand dollars in the notes fund, when you get your K one, your capital account will show $100,000 and your interest will show, or your dividend will show a year or I'm sorry, $10,000 period. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're always, you're, your capital account's always at par. Okay. So if, if you're redeemed, you're redeemed at par. If you sell the unit, you sell it at par. And so you don't so give because no yeah. li-
1: a lot of funds, you give up the interest if you cash right. in earlier than the minimum or whatever, right?
2: Correct. Right. Okay. The thing well, I'll, t- I'll say though to investors is it's, it has limited liquidity, right? So right. it has a million dollars a year of liquidity over a $20 million fund. The average investor in this fund is one hundred dollars to $500,000. My family has $2 million in the fund currently. We've raised $10 million to date. Um, but, you know, if you need $100,000 out, you let us know in the spring. You know, we could put you in the queue for July. And let's say the queue is full for some reason. We may have an investor who wants to buy into the fund, and we could facilitate that sale to that mm-hmm. investor. Okay. okay. And the other thing that's important about this slide is we can take self-directed IRA money here, and it doesn't create what's called UBTI, which is um, I always forget what UBTI stands for. Um, it's, but it's it's it can be considered taxable income. It's not taxable income for a self-directed IRA because the trader business of the fund is basically lending money to the balance right. sheet of the company. That's all it does.
1: Well, and it's not your IRA borrowing money. You're actually the lender,
2: right? So we're the lender, but it's not a leveraged product. It, it's a lending business. Right. So it's pure right. interest income. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and if you look at investments, again, all the fund does is loan money out of the balance sheet of our company it's an and Company, which we then in turn deploy into projects like Tampa, like New River, right? So, um, you want to you want to move on to the next slide, Anthony? This, by the I way, was is just going to
1: ask the guarantor is Nick. And who's Nick? <laughs> Should I so be concerned Nick. about Nick?
2: <laughs> so Nick, Nick is the star. He's the star of the show. Right. Uh, Nick is a really dynamic. I say young man. I'm 56 and he's 41. Um, Nick, we love Nick as a family. Um, we've been investing with him for 10 years.
3: He is grew he in Buffalo? Where is he? How do you
1: know he's him? He's a
2: Buffalo guy. He grew up working in his family's restaurant, but he's, he's a real outlier in that he, he got himself into Yale and he went to Wharton business school. He was a rare Yale Republican. So um, he actually worked in the Bush administration. He was a direct report to Karl Rove. So I always say he's a real underachiever. Right. <laughs> and um he, he decided to come back to Buffalo and start this company because he loves his community. And um, he owns 84% of the company. Hmm. Of, of all companies. three of
1: the silos or just this? Of all
2: company? three of the silos. Okay. So I said earlier, we've got. I mean, about- his name's
1: on the door. So now that makes more sense.
2: His name's on the door. And um, he, he's got a net worth of approximately $50 million. Wow. So That's he's amazing. he's eighty five percent of sixty million, right? So, we're ten percent, and his lifelong best buddy Mark Campanella is the other the rest of it. So, he's got a he's got a very tangible guarantee, and this is the only thing he owns. His entire career and life has been this company, so there's no drag on his guarantee, right? Um, you want to go on, Anthony? That's so
1: interesting. Sure. So, what's his superpower? Is he? good at picking properties? Is he a deal maker? Like, well, you That's know, a great I know. question. I mean, well, yeah, he, I'm just curious. What's
2: his, he's, he is, he's evolved, right? I mean, when Nick, when Nick, Nick's original partner was uh, one of the heirs of the Pritzker uh, fortune from Hyatt hotels. And, you know, when, when he was, when he originally started the business, he had a lot of capital and, and it was, It was 09, right? So he was able to buy highly opportunistically. And it was Um, good timing 13 years ago, right? Exactly. He he was what I call a multi-strategy opportunistic accumulator, right? So he was just buying all kinds of stuff. And over time, he found a lane in the multifamily space. That's our headquarters, by the way. That building in the middle. That middle one. That's called the Market Arcade. That was built in 1890. It's super cool. It was an arcade fashioned after the arcades in London, you Uh know. And it's a beautiful historic building. There's an example. He got he bought that building for 1.5 million dollars. It's probably worth seven right now, you know. Yeah, and um, but you know what? Is Nick found the lane in the multifamily space over the last probably four years? He sold off almost in the entirety of our, what we would call non-core assets, the commercial, the retail, you know, even now we're selling older vintage, like 12 plexes and 20 plex apartment complexes. The
1: smaller stuff, right? Because you guys are aiming for bigger.
2: And and we're getting out of New York, honestly. I mean, you know, um, but yes, we're, and we're getting, when he entered the market, people were saying, oh, he's overpaying for assets. You know, he's paying 40,000, 50,000 a door. For apartments, they're all worth hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand a dollar. Right, and by the way, he's already refinanced them and gotten all his cash out before. Right? right, so, so what I would say about Nick and why we love him as a family, he's a hard worker. He's extremely brilliant, but he's a grinder at heart. He's a hardworking guy who grew up in a family business in the kitchen, right? right. One of the at the best Italian restaurant in Buffalo, so. And I don't know if I mentioned this, Athena, but did you know Tops supermarkets when you were in Ottawa? Did you ever hear of tops?
1: I don't think so. Maybe it's an American
2: side. You would know tops. Tops is a leading regional supermarket chain in the Western part of upstate New York. My father, our father was a founder of that company. Oh, wow. They they grew from one store to 140 stores and 2 billion in sales. And they did it as a world-class
1: That That is amazing.
2: And and, and they did it as a world-class operator and Nick, he has that same DNA in him, you know, mm-hmm. and he's really adopting operating principles that make tops a half billion dollar company when it sold in 1991, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we love about him. Um, you've seen some of these slides already. Um, I'm, by the way, you know, that's me, a little thicker, a little heavier there. Um, I think one thing that's important to know about me is that. Yes. Um, you know, I have a diverse background. I, I served for 10 years in government here in New York State. Nick and I share that, but um, I'm kind of the chief, really the, the, the chief strategist and driving force in our family's family office. And I'm a finance guy, right? I'm the guy who structures the capital for our portfolio, but I'm also the other manager of Sinatra and Company Real Estate. So Nick and I are the two managers of that company. Okay. And, um, and, you know, we have, we, have, we have $20 million of our own family money in this business today, which for us is a lot of money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know?
1: Well, so, that is a lot of money, <laughs> no matter how you cut it, right?
2: It is. It is. It's a, substan- it's a meaningful portion of our family's net worth. So we got well, a lot let me of- Let ask you this.
1: Money. With that kind of money, why are you putting all this work into this and not just putting it in a triple net and sitting on the beach somewhere? Mm-hmm.
2: Cause I'm a glutton for punishment. That's why.
1: <laughs> Nick said, come play with me. And you said, yeah, that sounds I good. I did.
2: Honestly, I really am here by choice. I, it's a, it's a great question. I love what I'm doing. I love working with Nick. I I'm grateful I met Anthony Chang. I'm having a lot of fun, honestly. And, and we've got, there's, there's four brothers in our family. We've been equal partners in all of our businesses for 34 years.
1: That's amazing.
2: In 91 we own works. and operate a bunch of different businesses. I'm the youngest, but we have 13 kids in the next generation. And they're going to own this business. Two of them are already in the company. My, my niece, Carrie, is the head of HR. My nephew, Chris, is the head of commercial leasing for the company. So, you know, we look at this as a wonderful family legacy business. And it's right. a family business. You know, it's my family, it's Nick's family, and it's Mark Campanella's family who are the principal owners of this company. And we want to bring friends and family investors into the business. You know, right. um, we're, we don't want to take institutional capital anymore. We're, we're not taking money from private equity firms anymore. We'd rather raise it. Oh,
1: have you done that before?
2: Yes. Hundreds of millions of dollars over, over the years. And we're selling every asset that we have a, a private equity partner. in.
1: Okay. Yeah, because they want to dictate. Right. You have to explain a lot and they don't know. And, you know,
2: you're couldn't have said it better, (laughs) Athena. Okay, let me
1: educate you from zero to 100 so that you'll go away. (laughs) You know, it doesn't work.
2: So this is really why. Why are we raising the fund and why are we paying 10 percent? Mm
3: hmm.
1: So back (laughs) to Tampa real quick. So uh, I think I forgot to ask a couple things. So um, you have the deal under contract and I think you told me you were planning to close in September. Is that still? Yeah, we're
2: we're calling capital now. So we thought we were going to be closing in October, but we, we, we are because of the craziness of the debt markets. um, We really need to close sooner. So we're closing in the next 30 days. Oftentimes, oh God, though, okay. this brings us to the notes fund, Athena. Mm. We'll oftentimes close an offering and bridge it with our own capital. Mm. And then we'll continue to offer it to investors after the closing. I got so One of the things that this flexible capital allows us to do is, let's say we're a few million dollars short when we're ready to close Tampa. We can take a few million dollars from the notes fund, close Tampa, and then backfill it. Over the, right. over the next few months with investors like the people you have on on the call which,
1: which probably is a little bit easier because then it's a deal that closed that people go okay you own this so exactly. you know some people that yep. that might be a barrier to to part to hand over the money and wait for you to close right so for some people that might be more of an incentive or more of a yeah incentive or, or
2: right cover, the, the other the- thing like we we have a million dollar non-refundable deposit right now on this asset so as we continue to scale and go after more assets, that adds up. I call it pounce power. When you can go into a buyer or a seller and say, here's $2 million, you know, just move, us, move everyone else out of the way and we'll close. You think quickly.
1: they pay attention to that?
2: They do. And, that, and that's what this flexible capital is going to allow us to do. It, it, it really allows us to accelerate the growth of the business. And, um, and we're also, as I mentioned you, we have $200 million of equity in the business today. We are redeeming out investors at great values. We're making them, they're happy because they're getting great returns. But we're, we want to own more of the portfolio we already own. So I'm happy to pay you 10% on your money. So you'd
3: be happy to get happy rid of those money. people. <laughs> I mean, but we're happy, very happy
2: to get rid of them. But there's a spread. We're willing to pay you 10% because we're going to make more than 10%. Right, sure. Like, right, which you should hear from us. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense for us to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. This for is an investors
4: slide. They want the 10 percent. Like, for example, my family put money in because my mother's older. She wants her fixed income now. She, she right. doesn't she doesn't want to go into the riskier development deals. And for her, 10 percent is great. You put it into a savings account. You're not going to get nearly that. Even, even corporate bonds right now. You're not getting that. Uh, there's bond funds that we just looked at were six percent. 10% well, blow Yeah, You can away. do one
1: of those inflation, you know. Yep. People are calling me because now the inflation index bonds are looking good, right? 9.1, yep. nine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I said, yeah, but you have to stay in five years and the rates could go down. And what's your average right. over all those, you know. Oh, so, right.
2: yeah. Well, what we didn't to that point, in, in number one, you, you're getting high yield. And number two, it's safe, right? When you invest in one deal, your, your risk is, is really in that deal. Here, you're senior to all the equity in the business, that whole $60 million of equity you're sitting above. And you have, we own 100 properties today, right? So you have a very dynamic you asset. You mean in
1: the note, in in the note part, you're senior so, to...
2: Yeah, when you're in the note fund, you're basically, you're in a debt fund, but you're senior in our, in our balance sheet to all of our equity, all of Nick Sinatra and our equity in the business. So if
1: somehow Sinatra and company implodes...
2: Crack. Those guys are first. They're first, right? And 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 you're and you're diversified, right? We own a hundred assets. The, there's no way this company is going to perish. Okay, right. it's got too big an asset base under it today, especially the way we're running it. Um, so it's a it's a very safe investment. And to Anthony's point, it generates a lot of cash flow. Like my father, who's going to be ninety two, he's got a million dollars in it, mm-hmm. right? He loves, and it's mailbox money. It comes every month. Mm-hmm. So, and th- this slide basically shows the structure. You have the notes fund that's a lender. And, and if we didn't, we didn't, we kind of glossed over this earlier. But not only do you have all the equity in the company beneath you, you have a personal guarantee on every loan the fund makes to Sinatra from the principal owner. And, and that's, that's substantial because, Nick, and Nick can't default on a personal guarantee and be in a real estate business. Okay. Right. So that's a credit enhancement. What we call a credit enhancement. That's meaningful. Right. And most so funds like not this, too in debt. Debt.
1: he's not, I mean, his balance, his personal balance sheet must be pretty strong. Then he's not over leveraged or
2: he, he's, he he's not. and, 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 <laughs> and, you know, and the only debt he has that he has secured is in this company. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I think that's another important slide you were on a minute ago uh, mm. about our debt. So yeah. I had this slide added a few, a couple months ago when the rate spike happened, mm. because if I were an investor, I'd be asking, are you guys exposed, you know, with your $400 million of debt in the company? Yeah. Are you guys exposed right to, to interest rate fluctuations? We spent the last two years, which is part of why I look like I'm 70 and I'm 56. Refinancing like 30 properties in the portfolio. Okay. Because when rates went through- I did four, 16
1: and I felt like I was going <laughs> to- <Yeah.
2: laughs> You know, what we went through Athena, right? I mean, and we did a lot of agency loans. We lock, if you look, we have, we have a, a blended rate of 4% on 87% of our debt.
1: That's so awesome. And those are agency debts mostly? Like thirty-year fixed
2: rates or whatever. Thirty-year fixed rate, interest only for seven to ten years, and that's really? on our core portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. So we we are very, and I credit Nick for this because Nick, when 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 the ten-year treasury went to zero, Nick was like, "We got to clear the, we got to do everything we in our power." Yeah, it's to just, free
1: money, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. So um, it helps me sleep at night. I can tell you. And we're highly sensitive moving forward. One, one thing about us as a company, we don't need to buy any new assets, right?
1: That's what we, I'm saying.
2: we <laughs> one, buying one, buying one property this year. So, you know, um, so, you know we, we're highly uh, scrutinous of not getting into a position where we're going to be either over-levered in a deal or we're going to have interest rate exposure. Because let's face it, those are the two things that can kill you in the kind of business we do.
1: So when you're um, so with investors, do you send an update on like, I would be concerned about what kind of financing you're getting, but then, but maybe that's because I'm in the business, you know, and I don't want to get in your business because then I'm just an investor. So how do we know what, you know, what debt you're getting? And well, on the
2: notes fund, we're, we're going to do quarterly updates to investors. We did our first We're still papering our, first closing, but we're going to do quarterly updates and we're going to do supplements to the PPM to kind of talk about anything material that's happening in the company. Okay, Right. So that's kind of a requirement of our fund. Mm -hmm. We'll also send out an annual audit of the fund to investors every year. Um, Oh, and
1: right real quick, a little sliver in there. So if someone's doing their IRA, you guys do the valuation, right? You send a letter at the end of the year for the, well, I heard, it's going to
2: be simple. Yeah, it's always par, right? Right. So, yeah, but you do well, the letters
1: yeah. saying the value of this is...
2: Yeah. Okay. Sorry, and, I just and, wanted to and, make sure um, you do that. Well, that's a good question. And, and on the direct investments like Tampa, like New River, we do a monthly investor update.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Month.
2: Yep. And we found investors love it. Yeah, and even so, if you say nothing love-
1: much has happened or we're still in due diligence or whatever, you know... Well, it it's once we
2: asset, right? So we, we do a, a budget to actual, we talk about variances, we go over where we are in occupancy and renewals, and you know, we've been blessed because it's largely been good news, right? And mm-hmm, we've been right? performing. Yeah. But if there's negative variances, we'll, we'll we'll describe them, you know. Right.
1: And how you but handle we have it. A lot right? of
2: transparency to investors mm-hmm. um in the in the direct what we what I call the direct investment opportunities.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: incidentally, when you invest with us, we're, we're largely subscribed for Tampa, arguably oversubscribed. Mm. We've raised, since I joined the company, we've raised 50, zero, $50 million of equity through accredited and qualified investors across five deals, including the notes fund. So wow, we now have two hundred. We have 200 accredited and qualified investors now. As an example, when we went out for New River, we, we had probably three or four million of our accredited investors who immediately said they wanted in. Mm. And then one of our qualified investors who wants to take five million. It's 10 million of equity, right? Yeah. So, so the nice thing about investing in the notes fund is when you invest in the notes fund, you're in the family. So you get access to all of our direct investment opportunities first.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Like, I don't even that's know. That's a good I,
1: thing. That's a good thing to point out actually, right?
2: It's, and it's another slide we have in the deck.
1: Like a back. That not you're back in the doors, family. Of
2: fund. Yep. So.
1: So kind um, of like first right of refusal, you're in the note fund and you get this pre announcement that this thing, right. this new opportunities coming up. Is that what it is?
2: Correct. Right. So, again, I I don't even know if if you have people on the on the Zoom that are interested in in New River. We may not have any room for them Mm. because we have so much demand from our existing. And
1: New River is the the Tampa one,
2: the Tampa Tampa one. Right. So meanwhile, though, if if you were to invest in the notes fund, you would be first in line with all of our other existing investors Mm. to be able to invest. Got so it. Our New River is likely to be 100% subscribed by our existing investors.
3: Mm.
1: And uh, so what is, even if it's done, what would the minimum have been? Or maybe going forward, what's the minimum? For New
2: River, we, we would take a, a twenty-five dollars or $50,000 investment. For the okay. notes, fund, it's 100000 because okay. we're limited to 99 investors in that fund.
1: Okay. Okay, so the note fund 99,000, no, 100,000, no, 100, 100, 99,000. In, in 100, New 000. River,
2: we could take 25, 50. I think we have 50 in the offering document.
1: Okay, got it. Okay. So I think that's clear. And uh, Anthony, did you have anything else to add? I don't think you actually explained
4: what you do. Uh, yeah. So I actually got. Are you part of Sinatra. due diligence?
1: Are you boots on the ground in the beginning? Are you scouting out?
4: Yeah, I, I started out just as an investor and uh, I invested on one of their first opportunities zone deals, which is another specialty within Sinatra. And after investing in the first one, they had a second one coming up and I asked for the materials wound up editing all the materials and became a due diligence service provider for them. Yeah. Uh, and okay. now an advisor for the company. So I'm now involved in pretty much every single deal. Cause yeah. you're in
1: construction. So what part of due diligence do you do?
4: Well, actually I did construction, but my background is more in finance, okay. uh, financial modeling, legal structuring. And I'm a glutton for punishment as well. Cause I like very complicated structures so I've built affordable housing using bonds and tax credits, uh, city monies. Um, yeah, really, really fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> fun no, it me. is.
1: Well, it, to me, it's like a puzzle, right? That's right. So you like right. solving the puzzles. What's the best fit and all that, right? Exactly. That's awesome.
2: I, I'm always the dumbest guy in the room when Anthony and uh, Nick are with me because, you know, Anthony Anthony's a Brown grad economics degree, and what, biochemistry. Yeah. And and he worked for McKinsey, right, which is the largest consulting firm in the world. Yeah. So but I, I, I put my hooks in Anthony early on because we were raising money for our first opportunity zone offering, and we had a, an accounting firm out of Cleveland do our model, which was this very involved, dynamic model. And Anthony found, number one, a number of errors in it. And then he built our return calculator and then he wired us 500 grand before I even (laughs) met him. So, so I was like, okay, I I I got to
1: know this guy guy.
2: (laughs) and we love him and he's a blast to work with. And he's, he's a lot of, he's really brilliant and really, you know, dynamic. Um, And, you know, we just, he's, we consider him a full partner of ours, you know, Mm. and he's also, you may remember our bourbon, you know, the bourbon deal. He's a partner of ours in the bourbon deal now. As well. That's
1: amazing. And when did you start this relationship, Anthony Chen? When when did you?
2: During the pandemic.
4: So so it's just
1: been a couple of years.
4: Yeah, a couple of years. But it it feels like we've been working on things for five years now. Yeah. (laughs) The number of deals we've done, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It was December of 2020, and it was in a virtual Zoom conference. It was in a virtual conference for the Opportunity Zone program. And Anthony hit me in the chat room. I was on a panel discussion and um, he immediately figured out one of the benefits that we give to our investors in the OZ space that most people don't pick up on. And it kind of went from there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's how I felt in that little room when you were giving your presentation. I was like, should I be asking these questions? Because the one guy was like, this is my last pennies in the world. I'm like, oh, my God. You guys well, we were. never
2: want that money in any, in, in, <laughs>
1: I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, you're here for education, then I guess. So,
2: yeah. Exactly.
1: yeah well, great. thing. I'm just checking to see if there's any questions. There don't seem to be any questions, so um, I guess we're done. But uh, <laughs> if someone if someone wanted to reach out for the for the Tampa thing to check, we'll say Anthony Nanulo, You're the best person. I'm
2: um, the best for person for both of these. Yeah.
1: You'll be the for best the the most.
2: for Tampa. Yep.
1: Okay, great. And we will be having you back. So great. we'll be back on the. T- oh no, we're going to reschedule uh, to September tenth um, for to find out more about your three chord uh, bourbon opportunity. And uh, for those of you who are coming back, we will be having pad split coming back. I don't know if you guys have heard of these guys, but Pad Split does uh, sh- affordable housing, shared housing. They take one house and they rent out the rooms. It's all mm. electronic. It's all it's amazing. They've gone from 300 uh, doors to 4,600 doors in the last three years. Oh. And they are, they are just knocking it out of the park. They were only in Atlanta. Now they're in Texas, Indiana. So our Indiana great. investors are very excited. They're coming Saturday at noon, this Saturday at noon. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. Not you guys, but if, any, any guys.
2: That's an invite. I'd love to hear about yeah.
1: it. It's a great business model. And uh, similar to Nick, it's just this guy that was in the service and thought, you know, this, there's gotta be a solution to this created a solution. Now he's in five, five or six cities across the nation and, and solving the affordable housing and getting better returns for the investor. Right. So, so that's what it's all about. Creating something out of nothing. And I like infinite returns. So I love that, (laughs) that you're on (laughs)
4: board with that.
1: <laughs> so, thanks, guys, for joining me. I really thank you, Dion, so
4: much. I will you know. send
1: you the recording so you can uh, have that for yourself. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Right.
3: Bye. Uh-huh. Take care.
0: This has been another episode of My Cashflow Academy's Investors Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We wish you all the success you deserve as you use what you've learned here out in the real world. Check out the blog post for this episode, along with many more helpful resources, at mycashflowacademy.com.